You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Why do we have to cut these things so damn close? Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. The Bills have won their first playoff game in 25 years against the Indianapolis Colts, 27-24, to in front of 6,700 Bills fans in Buffalo. And we are going to talk about that today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we're going to discuss the Bills' victory today. Um, Jeez, I... I just have to say, like, I'm just, after that ending, I'm just, I I just felt a a sigh of relief. Like, I feel like that game took several years off my life. By the way, it ended. I was worried that a lot of things were going to go right into the ending and talk about that. But guys, I mean, this is, this is something that we've been hoping for since the beginning of the season. The goal was to get into the postseason. The goal was to win a game in the postseason and see where we go from there. They accomplished that today and just barely. <laughs> Bills were six and a half or seven, six and a half or seven point favorites today, and they won by three. It went down to the wire, um, went down to that last final Hail Mary play. And uh yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> it was crazy. John, Mike, it's so good to have you guys on to talk about this. Um John, I'll start with you first. Uh, how did your feelings, how do you feel after the end of that game? And how many years of your life did it take off? I feel like every Bills game takes off years off my life. <laughs> that was that was a tough one. It was a closer game than I expected, a tougher game than I expected. But man, what a feeling. Beating the Colts and the Raps for the first Bills victory in 25 years in the playoffs. So good. That that last drive, the Hail Mary, they were ready for it. Let me tell you, <laughs> I that down that ball with authority. I mean, it helped that Rivers couldn't throw it into the end zone anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Did help. But, man, uh, and then, you know, getting screwed on the fumble before that. But, no, what a, what a great feeling this is. this is. And you know what? This is just the beginning, the beginning of the next great NFL dynasty. Yeah, Mike, what about you? So many mixed emotions. <laughs> I, I don't know how I would have dealt with it had they lost. So happy that they won. I still scratch my head about the the, the fumble call. Um, but I will say we talked about it at the time with the Arizona game, and it just it kind of for me 
highlights how you never really know whether something is good or bad. Like you don't understand the consequences. Like I felt on that Hail Mary pass, like as it's in the air, thank goodness for that Arizona game and how they've practiced (laughs) how to defend a Hail Mary every day since. Um, Yeah. It's crazy to think that that actually that loss could have actually turned the season around for them and led to them winning their first playoff game just with that, which is crazy. And like John said, it's a good thing. You know, it was Philip Rivers throwing in Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett might have actually made the end zone, <laughs> you know, past the uh, past the goal line. And yeah, let's let's go right into that that series of events that ended that last drive before the Hail Mary pass. Because like Mike said, there was just a lot of emotions. I mean, the first one, I'll say was like, uh, it was either anger or confusion or whatever you want to call it, when Philip Rivers passed the ball to a wide-open Zach Paschal, he catches the ball, he falls down, he gets back up, he gets tackled, and Jordan Poyer punches in and rips out the ball um, on the way down. And Travis White recovers the ball, and you're like, oh, wow, the Bills got the ball back. The Bills won this game. And then they, they decided to call the the refs at the time, call the... Uh, the play, uh, he was down by contact, that it wasn't a fumble. And not only that, there was like 30 seconds left in the game at that point. And because there was less than two minutes left in the game, there are no more coaches' challenges. Like, they don't, don't exist. They all have to come from the booth. And Philip Rivers ran up to that line and was going to call a play, as you would, as Josh Allen tried to do several times before the end of the first half and was unsuccessful because the refs whistled the play dead. Um, so they could review it. They did not do this at the end of the game, which was very frustrating. So Sean McDermott, thankfully, good old Sean McDermott, trust the process, McDermott had a timeout ready. So he called a timeout. He yelled at the referees to look at that play to see if it was a fumble or not. And then, guys, when you were watching the instant replay and Gene Steratore comes on and he's like, oh, it's a fumble. Like everyone says, the people in the booth say it's a fumble. The Gene Steratore says it's a fumble. It looks like a fumble to you. Did you really your think... Your eyes, it- your eyes, like some, you, you can understand when something's too close and you have to default to, there's not enough evidence to overturn it. I get that. But that was clear. And, and we're, We've practiced this. We are very good at removing all bias. <laughs> no bias whatsoever. We might as well be referees. <laughs> Almost negative bias just to account for potential bias that might exist. Yeah. It was a fumble. <laughs> In fact, I'm almost biased against the Bills just so I try to make myself non-biased. <laughs> but yeah, that was a fumble. Clear as day. Clear as day. I mean, barely oh, it was a – Yeah, yeah. I mean, he got up. He didn't go down. Like, right, like Poyer, that's the play of the season. Play of the season. Wins the game. So smart. Like, lets him regain his feet just to punch the ball out. And you're like, wow, like, what a play. What coaching. Like, finally, the Bills are playing 3D chess, right? Like, we've watched other teams do it forever. And like, ah, oh, this is incredible. Yeah. It finally comes to fruition. but Just to get stolen from us. And, and at that point, you think in Music City, America, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. John? Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with anything you just said. <laughs> um, obviously, I, I was having flashbacks at that moment of Music City, Miracle and every other devastating Bill's loss <laughs> throughout history at that point. Because I just assumed that I wasn't even thinking about the overtime field goal. I was thinking, well, the Colts are going to win now because the ref screwed us over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I mean, yeah, it, we had to beat the refs yet again. And this isn't the first time this happened this year. I mean, like it was that one drive where like Allen had to score four times mm-hmm. a few weeks back. Um, but the team is good enough now where they can overcome those things, which is great. Um, and that's, that's, that part of it is encouraging at least. Do you ever think maybe the reason why it was, it was really tough to watch that series at the end of the game and, and especially that fumble and, and the Bills, you know, almost losing that game is not only that, you know, obviously we're invested heavily as fans, but the Bills have so much more at stake, I feel, this season than previous seasons, being 13 and three, being so good. Like there's been times in the last few years where, not last year so much, but like when they broke the drought, like we backed into the playoffs. Anything on top of that was gravy. Now there's expectations. Now you came in as the second seed. Like you can't just get bounced out by the seventh seed in the first game and then like, you know, lose on a, on a crucial play. Like part of me was wondering if those, those referees that wore all black last year in the Texans game that just all of a sudden came out and decided that the Bills didn't get what was rightfully theirs in the end zone last season and just like, oh yeah, like just some, one of them's going to come out and be like, oh yeah, you know that play, you know how Micah Hyde just stopped that Hail Mary? Yeah, they, he didn't actually because um, it was supposed to be a touchdown. He, like the stakes are so much higher than they've ever been. And part of that like crept into today for me. And when I saw everything on the line, I was just like, man, like starting over a season after being nine and seven is, has, I mean, I can't say it feels different because I haven't been there in so long. But that would feel so much different than starting over nine and seven. Be like, oh well, you know, we're on our way up. Like we're almost at our peak at thirteen and three, almost fourteen and two. This that would have been devastating <laughs> as a fan to have them lose that way with that call. And again, like we say every week, the Bills play two opponents. They play the other team and the referees. And today was no different in that respect. So as far as the the, the game goes in general, guys, I mean, we'll give our our thoughts on, on the game in general, minus that, that last drive. But, um, you know, I thought Josh, I thought there was a lot of, in my opinion, questionable play calling from the offense, just in the fact that, uh, they seem to run the ball a lot more than I was hoping. And some, a lot of, you know, Josh Allen design runs and runs that just didn't seem to do well against a very good Colts run defense. Whereas the Colts have a, have a very suspect pass defense and they were missing one of their best corners. And I was like, well, just pass, just keep passing. And the Bills weren't moving the ball at all until the end of the first half when things started to go their way. Um, there was that hard count, uh, that the Bills had, uh, which never works. Does a hard count ever work for anyone besides maybe EJ Manuel? <laughs> like, were you guys surprised that that actually happened <laughs> at the time? Well, I think it's worked before. For, for Allen and McDermott, but they, they do it all the time, right? Like, I mean, they do it in the right spots, obviously, you know, at the end of a quarter or, or whenever, um, you know, they're about to punt to a field goal. Um, but I guess it's worth keep doing. Cause like, like, in my mind, I'm thinking like, as they were doing it at that point, I'm like, Oh, so they're just going to hard count it. And then like kick the field goal, whatever. Everybody knows what he's doing now because yeah. they do it all the time. And apparently that one Colts player did not know. <laughs> <laughs> he jumped up. And the Colts, it's not like they had a lot of penalties. They only had a couple of penalties. That was one of them, but it was a big one. Uh, oh, yeah. I think they should continue to – like we, we've criticized them in the past for not utilizing things more like throw it deep if you know it's an offside or doing a hard count. And I think it – 
it certainly doesn't work often, but the cost benefit is so skewed. Like, it's like, how many free lottery tickets do you want? You very rarely win on a lottery ticket, but if it's free, you take it, right? So you lose nothing if it's third or if it's fourth down and you're going to, you got to punt it anyway. Um, or you're going to kick a field goal and it just doesn't matter. And we saw today the, the, the incredible upside. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I will never say another negative thing about the hard count again, as long as it, whereas normally it's just like, I'm, I'm screaming, like, why are we doing this? This is so, like, even I know, I know that this is, they're not going to, they're not going to hike the ball. Like the Colts players, de- oh, oh, wait, I guess they don't know. <laughs> I guess they don't know. He just ran off sides and, uh, we got, we got the first down. Before the end of the half, that's how the Bills got the first down, and they ended up uh, scoring on that, that drive. That opens the door to like the the wider. Like I was very impressed with the game within the game, like with McDermott. Right, we touched on it briefly, but maybe we should come back to it. Like taking the time out on that crucial fumble. Like we all disagree with how it ultimately was decided by the refs or New York, but him taking that time out. Maybe a lot of coaches don't do that, and just other points in the game. Um, where it was like Allen pretending like they were rushing up to the line, like looking at the coach, like, Hey, we're going to go for it. Like, like a lot, like the theater that is being interjected that it, it, it seems like I would say very big strides are being made. Yeah. This is, it's so weird to see that this is what good coaching can do. Cause we've seen it happen to us. How many times in the past have we watched coaches just sit on their hands with either, you know, not challenging plays or, or in this case, not have enough timeouts to even call a timeout to, to, uh, challenge something like that or to get the booth to review something like that. And then the game ends and we lose and we're just like, ugh, like just same old bills. It's like, no, I guess it's not the same old bills when you have competent coaching and players running the plays. And yeah, yeah, good point, Mike. I thought, um, I, like I said, I thought the Bills were trying to run the ball. What did you guys think about that? I mean, to me, it's like the Bills didn't have any offensive success until they really started passing the ball. Do you guys think that they were running the ball way too much as, as I did? And and I think that comes down to a, a criticism of Dable, I would imagine. I don't, I don't know about too much, but maybe in the wrong spots. They did have 35 pass attempts to 21 runs, and only 10 of those runs were from running backs. Um, but that might be part of, you know, the Colts having a really good run defense and the Bills thinking, oh, maybe we can get our rushing yardage more from Allen because of that. Um, but there, there are a couple of times where it's like they, they run it like three times and punt like the old Bills. <laughs> and it's like, well, wait a minute. Why on third down did we not at least pass it? Like <laughs> I, I get, I, you know, they, I think they, they passed enough versus running it, but like they didn't. In the right spots, they didn't necessarily pass it when they made of might have should have tried to do that. I, I just didn't get that part. I didn't mind it to the extent that you guys did. In the sense of, I thought the Bills were the far, I would I'll say far superior team in all three facets. And you've got a two play and a seven, and it it's it's the underdog that has to be risky and make those risky bets pay off. When you are supposed to win, I don't think you need to take the chances like the bills got up and I was happy to, I wish the defense would have played better of course to hold that lead, but it's the underdog that has to be make those yeah plays. That makes sense. That makes sense. If you're the better team, you just play your normal game and the other team has to find a way to play rise above what the, the level that they're normally playing at to beat you 
in a normal spot unless you either sink down to their level or worse <laughs> to give them a chance to get it. What what bothers me though, um, to John's point is is yeah, the, like the first down run they'd have like an eight yard run. I'm like, okay, great. Now it's second and two or second and one. Like pass. Like that's the perfect time for a long pass. And instead they'd run it. Okay, they didn't get it. Now they have to run it. <laughs> or they don't have to, but they do. And then it's like three runs. It's just like, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, you could have passed at any point and then had a better chance. Like the, I think I think they're thinking they're gonna get an eight yard run or something better every time. It's like, no, 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 that that eight yard run was a fluke. <laughs> you won't get that the next two times. Let's the, the, change the strength of our offense, which is weird to say, is passing. So on any, it, we can't go three and out and not throw one pass. That's that's just ridiculous. I I like in the sense of certainly the Bills. I are they first in the league in passing on first down? Like the, the, extremely pass heavy offense, of course, right? But we've watched the Patriots change their mo for the last twenty years based on their opponent. Like I, I do see, like, but that's <laughs> we've the all thing. Played fantasy. What? But that's the thing. Their opponents were great at stopping the run and terrible at the pass. So that it's like it's like Brian Dable was almost trying to get too cute or outsmart himself. You know, like he's like, no, it's just like that famous airplane line. Like, oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do. Just pass it, pass it like crazy for over three hundred yards, like we do every week. It's like, no, that's what they'll expect. So now we have to. <laughs> We got to run the ball on them. It's like no, just do what you you have to. You got to go in with multiple game plans, but the first one should be do what you do, and if that doesn't work right away or whatever, then you have to switch it. I don't well, know. I, I guess I don't. Just, I, I don't fully agree that they didn't pass the ball. Like Allen was the youngest player in NFL history to throw for three hundred yards and complete seventy percent of his passes in a playoff game. Like they, it's it's not like oh he had ten attempts and one hundred and fifty yards. True, but I I think that there was a lot left on the table. I think they could have done it a lot more, and I think they could have put this game out of reach if they had just started the game like that. And they, yeah, I don't want them to abandon the run completely, but use it more intelligently when it makes sense, more play action or something like that. And when you're just killing them, because that's that's when good running teams like the Colts can stay in games is because you don't get up you don't get up by enough points that they can still run the ball on you and still catch up. Like the Bills were up by 14 points. That wasn't enough because then Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines are running up like 20-yard runs. Like I think Bills can't stop shit. And it's like that's when they should have – they should have – they should have uh, – I mean I, I would have liked to have seen more runs from like Zach Moss. I mean you know before the injury obviously. Um, my issue was certain plays where they chose to run – where I thought they would have passed. I think the amount of passes was fine. They didn't need to necessarily increase that just because, but I think there were certain spots where I would have liked to have seen them run, or I mean pass, instead of just run into a brick wall again. Yeah, I would have liked to see them pass a ball a lot more earlier in the game and then just get ahead, get the lead, and then, I don't know, pass, still pass a lot, but not as much maybe? I don't know. It just goes, I mean, that's how they've won games. That's how they've been... Winning, uh, you know, the, how that's how they won nine out of ten games to end the season is by passing the ball for the most part, unless they were going against a team that couldn't stop the run, like you're talking the Patriots or the Seahawks, even no, the Seahawks. But you know, one of those teams where it's like they couldn't they couldn't stop the run. So the Bills, even though they don't have a really good run game, they found a way to you know gain 160, 180 yards on the ground and still win. 
Like this wasn't one of those teams. This was not the team to do that to and play to your forte, you know, like the, the Patriots do it, Mike, to your point, Patriots do it when it makes sense, not when the odds are in their favor to do what they normally do. <laughs> they don't all think themselves. They're not like, Hey, we could, we could kill this team by throwing like five yard passes to Edelman all game long and then, fully, and then run. I, don't, I guess I'm ambivalent. Like I kind of agree, but kind of don't like you'd never know. I don't think it's explicitly dependent on the opponent. Like I, th- I think I don't have an issue with, yeah, you don't have an issue with it. I get it. Yeah. Get it. You're less upset like, by it. Okay. That's just me. Be- <laughs> <laughs> me and John a little bit. You would know, ex- no, you know exactly what to expect. Um, if you're purely looking at your opponents, uh, how they stack up strengths the and different- weaknesses. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they play directly into your strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> um, well, that would certainly be unexpected, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They would never see that one coming. Um, let's go into our stats of the game. Stats of the game. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. So you're telling me there's a chance. Well, people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. And I liked how they used Helen running, too. Oh. Right? Like, during the regular season, not a huge risk is him getting injured. And I think they, they've tried to protect him more recently. But now the gloves are off, and I... Yeah. Uh, he did, a couple of times he got stood up where we've seen other times like he'll cut one way and they they got him this time. Um, but I like seeing the run. Yeah, on that one touchdown in the second half, uh, or right right in the second quarter before the end of the first half, Allen had a 16 yard run and then he had a five yard touchdown run to go up 14 to 10 before the end of the half. It is just such a a different dimension to the offense and it's very difficult for defenses to account for it. Yes. Agreed there. All right. Let's go into our stats of the game. Uh, For today's game, Josh Allen, 26 for 35, 324 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. That is a a completion percentage, as I do it on my calculator, of 74.2%. So, hey, Mike, he's, he's... Passing the ball pretty well. Maybe he should have done it more. <laughs> no. Um, that doesn't make sense. He was doing it really well. He should have been doing it more. So the game wasn't in reach. That does make sense. Um, Josh Allen was the leading <laughs> rusher for so, the Bills. Like, say I can get from Buffalo to Rochester. I can go 150 miles an hour, and I do it once successfully. Does that mean I should keep doing it? When you... Do it no, su- when you do it successfully, it and that's that's the best way to get from Buffalo to Rochester, and you never have any issues doing it. A terrible example. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it perfectly proves my point. What? It, no, no. Here, so here's the example that Mike's thinking of. You go 150 miles an hour, but like the speed traps only can detect 120 miles an hour. So 150 is actually the best way to go because you'll never get caught. <laughs> By the speed traps, it can only detect. But that presupposes your your biggest danger is a speeding ticket, not wrapping your car around a tree, like oh. throwing the killer interception that's returned that's a taint 
but not a taint you want to see, a taint in the other direction. <laughs> oh, I would never want to see that taint. That does not sound like a taint I'd like to. We could be having the discussion like, oh, they threw one pass too many and True. tipped and that was it. Josh Allen, the, the one of the MVP candidates for the season, we're talking about passing less. That, is, that, is that what we're talking about right now? And this was 20. 20- the, the pass in the end zone could have easily been picked with a second hand under it, right? Like it was called on the field, an interception. Yeah. Like fortunately it was overturned. We all agree it was overturned, but it didn't have to be that. We're, we're talking so about Allen ran, the, ran it in for the touchdown. No question. So like it's just, it, it adds a, an element of risk that a tail end risk in, in terms of flipping the game that you're not fully appreciating, perhaps. Right, but that one, play, that one play is a sample size of one. You look at the whole season, he's in the top three for MVP candidates, maybe top two. But the season comes down to one pass in this game. Like, it's not a seven-game series. It's like one mistake. Like pass, and it could have been over. seven more points. But – Yeah, and Allen did have – a can go either way with that, that argument. But the point is he's an he, – he could be MVP. So you have to let him do what an MVP does. Uh, a, a big reason he would be considered, like if you removed all his running, rushing touchdowns and rushing attempts, he probably wouldn't be in the discussion. Mm. Like, I just don't think you're like, agree with, you're not killing Dable, but no, um, it, it seems very nitpicky to me. Um, and then just if we expand out the conversation, like even if you're right, um, maybe it keeps him in Buffalo another year. So who, <laughs> like, who knows? <laughs> well, I don't know if I want him in Buffalo if this is how he calls playoff games. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not blaming Dable for anything. I'm just saying that there were a couple, two or three plays where I thought maybe this should have passed there instead of run. I don't think like as an yes. overall for the whole game, this should have passed a lot more. Yeah, I, I think have two or three plays that stick out in my mind. They should have maybe called a pass play there. Yeah, I think that's more more of my decision. I wasn't. I thought it was suspect. I and you know I am nitpicking because the Bills did win and they did show up well offensively, all things considered. Um, I, I guess I was just curious why it was. It seemed like he took the hard approach as opposed to this more simpler approach. You know, if the simpler approach doesn't work, maybe you take the hard road. But um, but yeah, I, I, I all things considered, yeah. It it wasn't it obviously wasn't a terrible game because they found a way to bounce back when they couldn't you know move the ball that well in the first half they found a way to end the half in the first on a on a on a good drive and then they ended up you know obviously pulling it out and the defense started uh, defense was decent all game not amazing but um, leading rusher for the Buffalo Bills going into stats of the game leading rusher Josh Allen to Mike's point eleven carries for fifty four yards one touchdown four point nine yards per carry. Devin Singletary, the next leading rusher, three carries for 21 yards, seven yards per carry. Um, and obviously, we'll keep an eye on that ankle injury for Zach Moss, but it looks like Devin Singletary, he was carted off, so that obviously isn't a good sign. Probably not going to be back next week. Not sure how the rest of the postseason is going to go. Um, that makes Devin Singletary the lead back, so it gives him a chance to shine um, and expand on yeah. I heard that was a high ankle sprain. He could be out two to three weeks at best to make it back for the AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Got it. Zach Moss today, seven carries for 21 yards, three yards per carry. Leading receiver for the Bills, of course, none other than Stefan Diggs. Six receptions on nine targets, 128 yards, and one touchdown. 
It's an absolutely monster game for Stefan Diggs. He looked great out there. Gabriel Davis, four receptions, 85 yards on four targets. Had some amazing toe-dragging receptions. Cole Beasley, third and Cole, seven receptions on seven targets for 57 yards. Hey, I know you guys are rolling your eyes over there, all right? But one of the two third-down conversions that the Bills had was to Cole Beasley. And um, you guys keep tweeting us and uh, tweeting me specifically because I run the social media <laughs> Twitter account and I retweet every third and call that uh, that gets uh, that you tag us in. Uh, much to Mike and John's chagrin, they hate it, and at least a few of you love it, like I do, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, Zach Moss four receptions on four targets for twenty six yards. Devin Singletary three receptions on three targets for twenty three yards, uh, getting the running backs involved in the passing game. Dawson Knox two receptions on three targets for five yards and one touchdown. There's a one amazing touchdown catch where um, it looked like Josh Allen was going to run right into the line, and then he decides out of nowhere he's going to pull back and actually like it. It wasn't really a pass; it was more like he like a big shovel pass or a or a push pass to the end zone to a Dawson Knox that I don't know if Dawson was really ready for it <laughs> or whatever, but uh, he caught it. He caught it because Josh Allen didn't put it in his numbers and didn't give him an easy catch, and he caught it. Uh, very well. So props to Dawson Knox for catching that touchdown. John Brown. I'm just going to mention this. Normally I don't mention receivers that um, don't have any yardage, but John Brown was had zero receptions uh, for zero yards on four targets. So not a great game for John Brown. At least I remember at least one catch he could have had. It went right through his hands. Um, Josh Allen, even though he had 74% completion percentage, he had a lot of drops by his uh, receivers today, it felt like. As did Philip Rivers. Let's go into the Colts side of the ball real quick. Uh, Philip Rivers, 27 for 46, 309 yards, two touchdowns. He had a lot of drops today. I'm sure you guys will agree from his running backs. Um, there were times where it was like a screen pass and he hit him right in the hands. Either Jonathan Taylor, Naeem, Naeem Hines, and uh, those guys had room to run and they did not catch it. There was at least, I want to say at least two, maybe three of those instances. And thank God, because they were just tearing the bills apart um, in the run game and the screen game. Jonathan Taylor had 21 carries, 478 yards, one touchdown, 3.7 yards per carry. So did a decent job against Jonathan Taylor. He just had the he just had the uh, the workload. 21 carries. Naeem Hines, uh, on the other hand, six carries for 75 yards, 12 and a half yards per carry. Uh, Colts leading receiver Michael Pittman, the rookie. Five receptions for 90 yards on 10 targets. He had a couple of drops. He had that one big drop in the end zone on fourth and goal that led the Bills. Uh, the, basically, it was a 14-point swing because the Bills came back on that drive and then scored a touchdown on that to end the half. So that was a huge uh, drop by Michael Pittman. Uh, Jack Doyle, uh, seven receptions for 70 yards, one touchdown on nine targets. Zach Pascal, three receptions on five targets for 37 yards and one touchdown. Trey Burden, three receptions for 34 yards on three targets. T.Y. Hilton, only two receptions. Tredavious White, just all over T.Y. Hilton today. Two receptions on five targets for 32 yards. Then Mo Alley-Cox. I mean, the, the, the Colts were just passing to their tight ends all day long. They should have just run like four tight end sets. I don't know if you can physically or legally do that. 
But the Bills had no answers for the Colts' tight ends today. They were just eating them up. Um, as they have all year, the Bills were second worst in the league against tight ends this whole season. So big surprise there. And yeah. All right. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. After we get back, we are going to go into our sweet sassy molasses plays of the game, our Gettysburg plays of the game, our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers, and our giveaways. So stick around. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show, our victory recap show, the first uh, playoff victory recap show we've ever done. We've only done two actual playoff <laughs> recaps, and those didn't end so well. So this is this is weird to be on this side of the fence, and uh, it feels good. I'm in such a better mood because when the Bills lose, it's just like, ugh, we have to talk about it. We have to talk about this playoff loss. Uh, this feels infinitely better. So let's start off the discussion with our Sweet Sassy Molassi plays of the game. Sweet Sassy Molassi, get out the checkbook and pay grandma for the rubdown. Our Sweet Sassy Molassi plays of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. And John, I'm going to start with you. What play in today's win did you have as your Sweet Sassy Molassi play of the game? Well, Nate, for me, it was when the Bills were close to the goal line, Josh Allen on a design run. It was a broken play. He was going nowhere, and all of a sudden he decides to throw it out to Dawson Knox, and he somehow manages to catch it. Touchdown. I was like, sweet, sassy, molassy. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring that up earlier when I mentioned Dawson Knox. Jeez, I feel like I just kind of stole your thunder on that one because I described it so much better than you did just now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it was Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. That was a good one. I did not think you'd pick that one. That's why I said that. I feel felt like you were going to pick something else. Um, Mike, what about you? Was that your sweet sassy molassy play the game? Maybe it's recency bias, Nate, but for me, it's Daryl Williams recovering Allen's fumble. Like Allen, for <laughs> all his ability to run, jeez, what an inopportune time to have a second defender. Right, like brilliantly evades the first guy, runs right into the second guy, and it was lost of like twenty. Was twenty three yards because yep. he came up second and thirty three. Yep. But um, yeah, completely different game if Daryl Williams doesn't fall on the ball, well, fall next to the ball and then pull it in, <laughs> like a mama bear scooping a cub back into the cave. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good analogy, right there. Um, I'm going to give it. I'm surprised you guys didn't do this one, but I'm glad that you didn't. I'm going to obviously go with the Micah Hyde batting the ball down. 
in the end zone. The Bills, uh, obviously, you know, won the game for the Bills, but uh, it was just the Bills learned how to defend it. And um, like John that mentioned, was authority too. That was a double-handed tomahawk spike. <laughs> it was. He made sure that it was almost like a volleyball spike, right? Like where you try oh, to. He may. <laughs> it was like. Was she the tall one? Who was? I said, I said, like Misty May. Was she the tall one? I don't remember. I don't even know who Misty May. Is. It was oh, the, the beach volleyball player for the, the Olympics. US Olympic gold medal team. Yeah. 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 That sounds right. The tall one. I think she was the short one. Oh, aren't they all tall? <laughs> <laughs> don't you both have to be tall to play that? <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. That's a good. That's a good analogy too, Mike. It was. It was. Yeah, with authority, which is. I didn't think about it until you just mentioned it. Yeah, you have to bat it down because if you just kind of softly bat it down, then somebody else can scoop it up and run it in for a touchdown. Um, and you got the sense that even in real time of that play, there was this the sense of the the Arizona monkey is off the bat. Like, like we did it. Like with it was just with such authority. Yeah. Didn't you get that sense? Like it, it wasn't just the play. It was. Let's show you that we can do it. it yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Let's let's put. All of the doubters, to, all of the naysayers to rest about the fact that we can't do this. Yeah, by proving that we actually can. <laughs> yeah, it was a perfectly timed ball by Micah, Micah Hyde, who who was before you know received passes or he's on the hands team for the onside kick recoveries. Um, yeah, yeah, it felt. Did you guys wait a cut? Like I'm not going to celebrate. I'm going to wait to get through the flag. Yes, I yes, did. I did. <laughs> yes. Because because he he did come up behind the receiver and knock it down, but like and it was fair because he was playing the ball right. But you know the refs, right? <laughs> they love a close game. They don't like the game to get too far out of reach, and they hate the Bills. I'm going to count to ten. <laughs> going to count to twenty. <laughs> All right, Alan's doing like in front of the microphone. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. The people are exiting Bill Stadium now. We can celebrate. <laughs> Concession. Uh, you just got the sense of like over the last 25 years, maybe it's just the Music City Miracle so ingrained of the sense of <clears throat> at first you're thinking, okay, the worst that can happen is a tie with no, the Colts have zero time miles. They got to go the distance. Like, okay, it's shaping up. Worst that can happen is a tie. And then after that fumble call, you're like, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be. Bills are thinking short pass the perimeter. Meanwhile, Rivers <laughs> long bomb. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. He did like two passes before that that weren't anywhere near the receivers. He couldn't; those guys weren't open. The Bills did a great job defending that. But yeah, Mike, I was thinking that. Oh yeah, this is like oh this. What is that? PTSD? Yeah, PTSD of all the years of being a Bills fan, like shell shock, like. You're like in the corner, like, you know, it's just like, this is, this is not, this is not how this is going to be. Right. Like this is, this is, <laughs> uh, man, good call. Didn't it feel like, oh, we should be, it feels like we're up by 21. We have nothing to worry about. And then, oh, wait, we're up by three. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how the last few games have gone. Like we haven't had to worry about anything towards the end of the game. And now it was, yeah, came down. I, it's so crazy to think about it because Josh Allen has such a good arm that they were like, oh, maybe they'll bring Jacoby Brissett in. Like they have like a Hail Mary specialist. And then you're just, then you see Philip Rivers float that one up and you're like, oh, that's why. That's why they did that. <laughs> Sweet Sassy Molassi plays the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Uh, let's go into our Gettysburg plays the game. Four score and seven years ago. 
Gettysburg play of the game is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. And I am going to, let's see, is there, is there one? I mean, I feel like the game kind of went back and forth several different times. Um, I'll go first real quick because, um, Mike's sweet sassy molassy play of the game was actually my Gettysburg of the game because I thought that if Allen had fumbled that ball in the fourth quarter and while getting sacked and Daryl Williams did not jump on that ball, I think we're talking about a whole different game because now instead of, you know, the, the Colts getting the ball back with like a minute left like they did because the Bills ended up, uh, you know, moving the ball and then punting it. Corey Bohorquez pins them within the 20 yard line. I think it was like at the 14 yard line. Then the Colts have to move the ball back to field goal range. If Darrell Williams doesn't jump on the ball, the, the Colts are like within like eight yards of being within field goal range. Like it's ridiculous. So to me, that was my Gettysburg play of the game, which, you know, if that play doesn't happen, then maybe we see it. Maybe we see a different output altogether. I feel like Gettysburg, like that's a great description of that play. And that's why it's play of the game. But a Gettysburg is like the Bills moving forward. Instead of, you. oh, gotcha. Like maintaining the status quo. Yeah, they were moving forward and continuing to hold the lead. Right. That's how, that's how, I'll, I'll, <laughs> that's how I will. John? Uh, yeah, John, John, what's your Gettysburg no, play of the game? Oh, arbitrate this dispute. I concur with Mike. Yeah, of course you do. You traitorous general. <laughs> John, what do you have for your sweet sassy molassy play of the game? Well, or no, no, oh, Gettysburg. Sorry. Sorry, Gettysburg. Play of the game. Whew. Gotcha. You know, I, no, I'm going to go with the, uh, the hard comp play. If it wasn't, you know, if, if any other team would have just kicked the field goal, the Bills, they do their hard count. Colts go off sides. They get the touchdown. Otherwise, the Bills either kick the field goal or even miss the field goal. Either way, giving the Colts a chance to score before the end of the first half. Great pick. It's a good one. That's what she said. <laughs> John or Mike? Mike, is that your Gettysburg play of the game then? The hard count? Definitely. All right. Well, I wouldn't say definitely, but yeah, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> only because you both agreed on it. Um, I put this up on Twitter. I asked Twitter, um, what do you have for your Gettysburg play of the game? I mean, if you're not following us, please do. We're at CTW Pod. So I'm going to read some of these off real quick. Dave Thorpe write that stop when they were up 10 to 7 and went for it on fourth and goal. We then drove 96 yards for a touchdown and the lead before halftime. How big was passing an easy three? How big was passing an easy three points now? So that was also a good point because that led to the the drive that Mike and John are talking about um, that led to the hard count. Because that fourth down stop by the defense was was I mean that that was a huge huge play of the game huge swing in momentum. It was huge, but I don't know if you can fault Reich. Right, not many teams can drive ninety six yards like the Bills just before halftime, and it took a lot a lot of plays that could have went either way. Right, we've already talked about the two toe touches that were if you wear a half a size bigger cleat, they're out. Right, like it just took. And, and the, the Bills, the way they're scoring coming into this game, if you're Frank Reich, like you got to put the, your keep your foot on the gas. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think it was. It didn't turn out correctly, but that's with the benefit of hindsight. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that call by by Frank Reich, but obviously, you know, with hindsight, it did. It was not the right call, and it was only not the right call because uh, Michael Pittman dropped the ball. I mean, it was right in his hands. It was a great play call. Philip Rivers. I, I think he just overthrew him a little, don't you? Like he uh, laid yeah. out. 
Yeah, true. I guess. I, I mean, it, it does doesn't matter. It's just, man, game of inches. Game of inches. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, like I going into it on third down, I thought the Colts. Okay, this is four down territory for them, but they lost yardage on third down. So then I thought, okay, maybe they do the field goal here and get the points, but they didn't. So it's not exactly what I would have done on that particular play. And that's not the only freak Reich miscue I think that happened today. I think that there were multiple plays. You had the the delay of game punt call instead of just going for it on fourth and five in Bill's territory. Yeah. That probably should have been a go for it play instead yeah. of the other fourth down play that they did go for it on. There was the timeout usage, uh, you know, the the discipline, the guy biting on the on the uh the hard count play. Like I think I think uh Reich didn't have a great game today. Remember the Bills were rumored to to potentially go after Frank Reich when Sean McDermott was uh, being interviewed. I mean, and who would have ever thought that we'd want at that time Sean McDermott over Frank Reich? And absolutely, so happy, so happy that 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 McDermott doesn't make those same calls. At least anymore, he doesn't. Don't get me wrong. Frank Reich has been great for the Colts so far and and everything. But I mean, today just you know. And I, obviously, I'm rooting for him too. But I'm sure you guys are too. But yeah. today was not a good day for him. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Today was the only day I didn't root for him. Actually, his entire life. Um, Buffalo ceilings writes the Diggs TD was just a perfect pass and put them up 14, which I foolishly thought was ball game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you thought they would continue to score more points like that, and they didn't. <laughs> Edgar Donnie. Well, they scored more points, but they just didn't. You know, the defense just didn't stop it. So Edgar Donnybrook writes the Colts dancing after that touchdown. The offense looked alive after that. Private Joker 2003 writes the fourth down stuff that turned into a Bills touchdown to end the first half. <laughs> that changed the, very specific, by the way, Private Joker, that fourth down stuff <laughs> that changed the momentum until the Bills miniature fourth quarter collapse. Oh, yeah. What do you guys think the 2003 means? Is that the year he was born? Is that just his a high watermark? He's been chasing it ever since. Like he's, what? He's in the Marines, so I think, or at least the military. I can't remember if he's. It, it, maybe that's when he joined the military. I think he said he was in his forties. I want to say that's a good question. His his Twitter handle is at two thousand three private. So I'm wondering if that was when he became a private in the military in two thousand three. Right? He couldn't have been born in two thousand three because he would just be able to join the military this year. <laughs> Don't you start as a private, though? It's not inconceivable. No. I wonder if he's still a private, then, since 2003. That's that's not good, right? <laughs> that doesn't happen that often. You'd, you'd automatically get something after that. <laughs> You've got to, right? <laughs> I know he's definitely not a private now. That it would be <laughs> that would be crazy, but yeah. What's the what's the next step up? Second private? First private? I can't. I honestly don't know. My dad was in the military. I have no clue. Steve Tharp writes, the Colts going for it on fourth down near the goal line. The field goal would have ended the game in a tie, and instead the defense came up with a stop thanks to a bad throw from Rivers. So this is the name of a podcast that wrote in. The Violet Wanderers, here queer used to it, <laughs> writes in, the recovery of the Josh Allen fumble. Yes, they had to punt, but had Williams not reached out and pulled that in, things could have gone south quickly. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. They agree with me. Um, Jamie McAndrew writes, Wall of Fame. Oh, Jamie, this isn't where you write the Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame. Eh. 
Um, hopefully I remember to come back into the other part and read <laughs> big R writes in Nate. I'm deceased and in heaven. No time for this. <laughs> well, thank you for tweeting, uh, at us from heaven. Um, Rob, Zach, hopefully you can watch the next game up there. Uh, Rob Zach is writing in definitely that hard count, which Mike and John mentioned earlier. Dingo 15 writes, the fu- why do I think of <laughs> Seinfeld when I think of Dingo? <laughs> I thought the exact same. <laughs> I wonder if Dingo 15 says that on purpose just for the, what was the line? Like a Dingo H.O. baby or something, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dingo H.O. baby. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, John. Uh, he writes a fumble recovery by Williams. And uh, Lucas Smith writes in, the Pascal fumble, except in this version, the Battle of Gettysburg is overturned by the Confederate refs. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, okay. All right. Well, those were the Gettysburg plays of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. So thank you guys for playing along with that. Um, now let's go into our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers. Let's start with the Wall of Fame in today's win. Wall of Famer brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Uh, Mike, I'll start with you on this one. Who is your wall? Who do you? Who are you going to put on your wall of a wall of fame? By the way, that was actually filled, you know, at Bill Stadium with sixty seven hundred Bills fans for the first time all season. Who would you put on your wall of fame in today's win? Wall. For me, Nate, it starts and ends with Allen. I think. The passes were crisp. Um, we're very lucky to have a quarterback who can run when he needs to like that. Um, continued to be dazzled, I would say, by some of the how he can evade defenders behind the line. Um, just adds a complete different dimension to the game. Absolutely. Minus that one fumble. I mean, yeah. Just an amazing game by Josh Allen. John, what about you? Who's on your wall of you ask me for my opinion, then you shit all over. <laughs> I, didn't. I said that was the only bad play all game, which means that he had an amazing game. But I gave him the seventy four point two percent completion percentage. I said that he they should have used him more. <laughs> if you remember at the beginning of the episode, he should have been used more passing the ball. John, who's Thank on you? Mike. Good one. <laughs> so I'm going to agree with Mike. I'm going to go with Josh Allen. He had. Passing and rushing yardage combined, 378 total yards. He accounted for all but 42 yards of the offense. It's 90% of the offense. Passing completion was still 74, over 74%. It's got to be Allen. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm actually going to go with someone slightly different, only because his his catches were so meaningful in the places that in the time he caught it, and they were they all seemed to be like toe-tapping catches, and that was Gabriel Davis, uh, the Bills' rookie wide receiver, um, he showed up big today in a big like spot. Yards, no touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, that guy, that guy. I thought, I thought he came through though when it mattered, especially for being a rookie. Caught all four receptions or all four targets, four receptions. Um, so I have some uh, nicknames I want to throw out to you guys um, about Gabriel Davis, and you guys can let me know. You know what? You guys are just gonna crap all over him. I'm not even gonna bother giving them to you because. I know how you are. So even if I say, um, and you might actually like them, you'll be like, this is terrible. I, I think the nickname selection process are independent events, right? So like we disagree with you about Beasley because it 
it's not applicable. It makes no sense. There's a perfect one to that goes with his physical attributes that everyone can see. It's on full display, like a peacock on every play. That's why Goldilocks with his luscious mane makes perfect sense. Or he occasionally catches a ball on third down. Yeah. Yeah. But so if you have but John and I will separate that out. And if you have a good game a good name, I think I, he's behind you hundred percent. I agree with Mike completely. I also just wanted to throw in here that Beasley on third down, his um what's the stat here? It's eleven percent. Eleven percent of Buffalo's third down conversions have been to Cole Beasley. So that's not very high. So I don't know why you would put third and Cole there when it's only 11% of the third downs. I'll tell you why. Because he thinks <laughs> he, he was enamored with third and goal. It's not even third downs, John. It, that would be indefensible <laughs> because of the statistics you provided. But it's not even that tiny little universe. It's actually only third and goal. <laughs> Plays that he thinks Beasley shines. Oh no, I don't think he shines on third and goal. I just like that Cole rhymes with goal. So what you're saying to me is you definitely won't be non-biased when hearing these new amazing nicknames for Gabriel Davis. Okay, that's okay. I won't share them then. Absolutely not. Throw them at us. No, yeah, sure you do. <laughs> you just go ahead. Okay, okay. So. so... <laughs> So they all have to do with him catching the ball near the sidelines, okay? Uh-huh. G- Gabriel Dave- Davis, the toe drag titan. I don't like the word titan. Yeah. <laughs> what else I got? Okay, okay. All right, all right. So I'm starting with the worst one, <laughs> hopefully. Like, if you played for the Titans, right? Like, like I was is the next one like, oh, the <laughs> perimeter patriot. I have the perimeter practitioner. <laughs> Oh, you like that one because you said perimeter first. <laughs> I was trying to – I don't like the first one because it says Titans. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's another team. I was trying to think of a toe drag T word, like a T. Yeah. And I just saw Avengers, so I thought Titan. Um, but I was thinking, you know, toe drag something. How about this one? This is So I have the perimeter practitioner or the sideline surgeon. Ooh. <laughs> For me, you're like, ooh, I hate them all. <laughs> They're all shit. What well, were you gonna say? I like perimeter, but per- perimeter practitioner doesn't like roll off the tongue. But sideline surgeon, it's like a little easier to say. Yeah, true. <laughs> There's a lot less syllables in that one. We only done it those two times. <laughs> That's why it's perfect to come up with a nickname. He's done that before. I feel like in previous games he's done that. Um, this is starting to become a thing where he just happens to find the. He did that, I want to say, either last week or the week before. So this is starting to become a thing, hence the nickname. That's exactly why Third and Cole became uh, a thing. Let me ask you this, right? Like, okay. A nickname, I feel like there's something to be said for brevity. <laughs> like when you're, you see somebody in the locker room, you're not going to be like, hey, sideline surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> See if the nickname is side. <laughs> you know, like maybe like are you planning it to be shortened very drastically very quickly? Like it starts off as like, oh, he's the sideline surgeon, and then it goes to sideline, and then it goes to side. Like, oh, that's a nickname. Like oh, T Bone. <laughs> yeah, kind of like Green and people called him Mean Joe. It's mean that's Joe. better, but you know. 
mean gel green. Oh, of course that's better. But like that, like the refrigerator Perry, like those are all those are all cool nicknames. You can call them fridge. What's up, fridge? Um, House Ballard. House Ballard. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be simple. Like house money. Simple, succinct. Okay. So all right. So we'll work on it. The surgeon, the Gabriel Davis, the surgeon. <laughs> I mean, there's only so many things that you can do for like names like Mean Joe Green. Like that's literally just his name with mean in front of it. Like that's, it's not that crazy of a nickname. You're just describing that he's mean. Like why can't I say, uh, uh, Great Gabriel Davis? Like <laughs> that's the, a similar, you know. Maybe if he was a doctor too, that, that would work. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was actually a medical surgeon. Yeah, that makes sense. Fair enough. All right. Well, <laughs> I wonder if anybody's gone to medical school just because they wanted the nickname Doc. <laughs> That's a great question. Jamie McAndrew. So let's go into our Wall of Shamer or Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers when I open it up to Twitter each and every week. Jamie McAndrew, which I'll give you a pass this time, Jamie, even though you wrote it in the Gettysburg section. Um, I will read yours first. Actually, he's getting he or she is getting rewarded for that uh for that that botch. So well done, Jamie. Talk about people playing 3D chess. Jamie, here's playing 3D chess, getting their uh, their tweet read first. Wall of Fame, entire roster, but Bass has a huge set of bollocks on him. That is just an awesome sentence I just read right there. We didn't give any credit to Tyler Bass today, and he had two huge kicks, two huge field goals. Um, rookie kicker, I mean, you they compared him to the other rookie kicker, um, God, I can't remember his name right now, but um, I mean, that guy looked flustered compared to Tyler Bass and Tyler Bass had to kick a 54 yarder today. Um, just goes to show you, I mean, right record, right? Longest field goal by a rookie in the postseason. Yep. Yep. That was, I mean, the guy trust the process, man. At the beginning of this season, I don't know if any of us would have said Tyler Bass makes the difference in the postseason or the down the stretch. And he has this season, he's done an amazing job and he's a rookie. It's unbelievable. Um, wall of shame. 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 Jamie writes, our defense was a bit too holy. Sweet sassy. Oh, he's doing his sweet sassy. Oh, sweet sassy molassy plays the game. Digs touchdown. Great change of play when we were about to run. Uh, the Gettysburg is a 10-point swing at the end of the second quarter. That took a massive gamble. They took a massive gamble and lost. And now I'm going into the the tweet thread that I wrote. Lots of lots of people getting in. Appreciate all you guys doing. We're going to try to read as many as, as we can. Big Baller Beanie writes, Wall of Fame, Allen and Gabe, Mr. Perimeter Davis. So she has has a uh, a nickname. I think that was the one they used in the telecast. Gabe, Mr. Perimeter Davis. You guys like that better than the sideline surgeon? I like your ideas. I just think they could be truncated a little bit. Yeah, I do. I do tend to. Yeah. Yeah. I've always had that issue. Okay. Oh, they're just like, they're kernels. Or that's why we're working through them. We're talking about them. So I'm going to talk about them in this podcast and we'll keep it going. If he does any more, maybe we can text him back and forth during the game. Maybe we'll come up with something better. I will not yield on third and cold. That's still the best one. But if you, I mean, Coldy Locks, Coldy Locks is pretty nice. I will say that. A couple of people tweeted at me, Mike. Um, she also writes Big Baller Beanie, writes, uh, both lit it up when they had the opportunity to. She's talking about Allen and Gabe Davis. While of shame, the defense, specifically Matt Milano, sadly, and Brian Dable for trying to jam the run down our throats. 
First playoff win in my life. If you need to see how excited I was, I tweeted a video. Um, I did actually see that on Instagram. So she actually, uh, she got, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, we forget. We were talking about the AFC East, uh, division win a few weeks back and talk about how important today is and how many people like that affects. Like, you know, she's a, she's a young Bills fan. There's a lot of young fans that have never seen a playoff win. I mean, hell, we haven't seen one since we were kids. And how big today is, I mean, just in the moment of importance and like how many people, you know, either aren't around to see it anymore or, you know, just, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a good feeling. Um, you know, it's something that, you know, we're all sharing as a fan base together. I've had friends that aren't even Bills fans that have texted me and congratulated me on, on the Bills winning today because, you know, they know how much it means to me and, and, you know, a lot of us. Do you guys have anything you want to add to what Beanie said about, you know, what it meant to you? She cried in the video, by the way. Spoiler alert. She cried. Um, I mean, w- w- I guess we kind of mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast, but um, did it mean anything to you since the last time we've watched the Bills win, win a playoff game? Well, definitely. I think part part of it for me is the – you mentioned it before, the expectations. So, like, I expected them to win this game. I expect them this year – heading into the playoffs to make it to at least the AFC championship game, which is weird to say, considering they hadn't won a playoff game since 1995 season, 96. Um, So, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's super important. And, you know, obviously we all get emotional here when it happened. Um, But the, you know, part of me was already looking ahead during the game and before the game. And I, I don't know if that put a damper on, you know, the amount of emotions I was feeling at the time or not, if that makes any sense. I like it. I feel the same, right? Like we've talked before when we were growing up, it just felt like a birthright to geez, get to the Super Bowl, um, at least deep into the playoffs. And it hasn't felt like that ever. But when you're the two seed, if you don't get at least <laughs> to the, just based on seeding alone, um, it's disappointing if you can't get to the, the AFC championship game for sure. So a little bit of relief that we're moving on, like ecstatic when that when that ball was not batted down, but you felt like they were going to win the whole like yeah they're the two seed yeah yeah good point I think expectations change it a little bit you know what's funny is um, people you talked Mike about the birth rate of going to Super Bowls I think a lot of the younger listeners and fans don't remember like even the comeback game. And I mean, we were kids for it, but like the Bills were so used to going to the playoffs in Super Bowls that like the Bills had lost, I think three at that time or two or three at that time. And that game wasn't even sold out. Like the comeback game was not sold out. So if you lived in like the Rochester area, like we do, like you couldn't watch the game. You had to listen to it on the radio because back then, um, there were, there were the blackout rules where if the game wasn't sold out or something like 90% capacity, then you couldn't see the game. So, um, so yeah, so see the game. Yeah. You got to see the game. How? I wasn't there. I'm not, I'm not one of the 250,000 people that were there apparently that day, but we did have an antenna that got the signal out of Syracuse. It was a little fuzzy, but we were able to see the game. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. It's funny. Yeah. Everyone mentions they, John, are you rich? John, is that what you asked? Yeah. John, are you rich? An antenna. <laughs> that was that was the antenna over my uh the servants quarters house. 
John or Mike. That was where the that was the pool house is where the antenna ran from. <laughs> no, it was in the attic. <laughs> Um, but yeah, a lot of, lots of people I know from Buffalo have said they went to that game, which is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny thinking back at that, at that moment that people were just, we're begging for playoff games, like, you know, to be able to go to a game, 6,700 people were able to go today and like how many, that place would be packed. And at that point, nobody went to, to the games because they were just like, yeah, we've seen this before. They're probably going to win. And then we'll wait to watch them in the Super Bowl. And it's cold out. We don't want to go. Whereas Ralph Wilson used to buy tickets for the team or for the game. So fans could watch it on TV when it was like, you know, really close to being sold out. He'd buy like last, you'd always see like Ralph Wilson buys the last 5,000 tickets. Like crazy. He was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't that like, let me think of an analogy. (laughs) So you're pimping the the T public store. Isn't that like you buying your own stuff? <laughs> yes. Like who gets the money from Ralph Wilson buying Bill tickets? Ralph Wilson. <laughs> yeah. I think he still has to give a cut of that though to like uh the league, doesn't he? No I mean, quite. I'm not I'm not saying like Why wasn't he buying out every single game possible? <laughs> Twenty thousand tickets to him, that's nothing. I, Bought a new car from myself. Like, I, I don't know what. You tell me what. The I see what you're saying. I see. I see what you're saying. I get it. Um, you don't have to bring the T Public store into it, man. By the way, tpublic.com/stores/ctwpod. It's a good lead in for it. We have a lot of great shirts on there, playoff shirts. So check that out. Thirty um, percent off this week. Uh, Buffalo ceilings rights. Wall of Fame. Doing whatever it takes to get the first home playoff win in 25 years. It was ugly, but nothing else matters. Wall of shame, the right side of the O-line really struggled, but for shame, it has to be the refs and the non-fumble call when Poyer clearly ripped the ball from a wide receiver that had gotten up. Yeah, absolutely. The refs, the refs deserve to be in the wall of shame for sure. Um, Devin Brown writes, wall of fame, Josh, as is tradition, wall of shame to that absolute BS fumble call at the end of the game. <laughs> Phil Zone Ready writes now. Phil's Phil Zone Ready actually messaged me and said, "Don't read my Wall of Fame Wall of Shame tweet." Um, so I'm going to read it anyway because <laughs> it's always more fun to read that. Um, but he does he does you know that's like whenever you get like a um, when you're at work on Outlook and you get a message like this person wants to recall it. Like I only fifty percent chance I was going to read the original, <laughs> but now I'm like, huh. <laughs> A hundred percent, absolutely going to read what they said. <laughs> oh, that's so funny! Yeah, drop this... everything you read it. <laughs> drop everything to read it. You're on a phone call. Hold on, I I gotta put you on hold. I gotta read this. Let me let me call you back, Jeff. I gotta I gotta read this email that was recalled. <laughs> Jeff would be like, I completely understand, Mike. L- l- call me back after you've read it. <laughs> let me know if they ended up talking crap about the person <laughs> that they sent. The email. <laughs> that's all you're hoping for. Uh, Phil Zone Ready does, in his defense, right, I'm mentally exhausted. Wall of Fame Gabriel Davis, if it weren't for his two remarkable catches in the first half, we would have been dead in the water. What a rookie performance. Wall of Shame Andre Roberts, muffed kick, then the poor decisions to take it out both back-to-back. Yeah, I haven't heard a lot about, we haven't talked a lot about Andre Roberts today. So the Bills God writes, Wall of Fame, Josh putting the offense on his back, Wall of Shame, the run defense. B Mormon 2020 writes Wall of Fame Diggs, Playoff Mojo, and Bass. 
Wall of Shame, the pasty, how Dable sprinkled in the run all at once for three and out. <laughs> Good point there. We discussed that. Michael Taylor writes, Wall of Fame, geez, um, Diggs, I guess. Gabriel Davis, the Colts being too aggressive. Rodrigo Blankenship, maybe. A wall of shame, Brian Dable. Someone else can have him. The defense was atrocious. This was the least satisfying win I've ever seen. Wow, Mike coming in off the top, off the top rope on Brian Dable. I love it. I love, love strong takes here. Kathleen writes, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen, Gabe Davis, Tyler Bass. Special mention to the Williams fumble recoveries. Wall of shame, Andre Roberts led to the Bills starting inside the 15 more than once. Defense coverage of the Colts' tight ends, not good. The referees, it was a fumble. Kathleen succinctly put that. How did you fit that into 160 characters, Kathleen? David writes, he just writes, we won a tough game, no wall of shame. It's the playoffs, and that was an 11-win team. Absolutely. Good point. We forget that. We forget that the, the, the seventh seed isn't a 6-10 and 10 team like it is in the NFC. It's an 11-5 and 5 team. Airstrike Allen. Airstrike Allen. That's a good one. I like that one. Airstrike Allen writes, Wall of Fame, Diggs and Hyde. Wall of Shame. I'm pretty disappointed in our defense and what for what uh, it let the Colts do. And our run game is not that impressive. I say we bring Williams back and see how he does. Turning point was the overhead TD pass to Diggs. That was a great touchdown pass. Rob Zach. By the way, sometimes when I when I struggle reading these tweets, it's obviously sometimes because of my inability to read. But sometimes you guys don't necessarily bring the grammar. So I'm just saying. It's not all me, if that's what you're thinking at home. Don't confuse the tweeters with the listeners because there's only like 50 people that tweet us and there's like a few more listeners than that. Rob Zach writes, Wall of Fame winning the damn game. Tyler Bass, Beasley for playing her. Yeah, Beasley looked... He came up limping. I thought he was going to be taken out of the game, but he kept coming in. Kept coming in to uh, get third down conversions. Uh, wall of shame, not having the indie fumble overturned. Defense struggled all game. Josh Allen, hero ball, take the sack. It's funny because like, I say take the sack too, for sure. But then part of me is like, well, maybe he'll spin out of it. Because <laughs> he always looks like he might just spin out of it sometimes. Rob Galise writes, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, Wall of Shame, Gods of Starting Field Position. <laughs> the review official, yeah, the field position did, did not go well for the Bills, at least in the first half for sure. Review officials, I thought the Gettysburg play of the game was a long touchdown pass to Diggs, but by the end of the game, it was almost forgotten. Let's go with the Hail Mary defense. Rob getting it all in. Henry Booth writes, Wall of Fame, Allen, and an awesome win today. First playoff win for my life, so it was fun to see. Well, congratulations, Henry. Wall of shame, defense didn't play great, and the refs almost blew it on the fumble. Bills loser QB club writes, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen, JA-17, regardless of some bad sacks he took. He kept us in the game all day with 324 passing, 54 rushing, 3 total touchdowns, and 121, 121 passer rating. Wall of Shame, secondary had a real hard time isolating the Colts' tight ends and caused long-scoring drives that kept them in the game. Gettysburg, T-Bass. The Bills cannot cover tight ends. That is something that they have to take a look at in the offseason. Or maybe fix before the end of the postseason. That'd be great, too. 
that that is also a strength of the Colts too. To be fair, they they like to throw a lot to their running backs and tight ends. And they've been very successful at it. Yeah, we see what happens when Philip Rivers tries to air the ball out to his receivers. <laughs> so, yeah, they've been very good this year. Welcome to Slam Diego writes. Wall of Fame, Josh, Diggs, Beasley, and our Hail Mary defense. That's so funny that they're actually on the Wall of Fame. The Hail Mary defense was on the Wall of Shame just just what it feels like just a few weeks ago. Wall of Shame, our defense, once we got up 14. The refs for giving Indy an extra second every time the clock hit zero and fucking us over on the fumble. Now, Steve Tharp writes in, Wall of Fame, Allen coming up big in the passing game and accounting for most of our rushing yards. Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs coming through big like he's done all season. Yeah, there's one person you had to worry you didn't have to worry about is Stefan Diggs. Remember there was that huge catch he had just a few years ago uh, against the Saints to win that game uh, for the Vikings all by himself. So stage was definitely not too big for Stefan Diggs. Wall of shame, the refs, that was a fumble. Our defensive line for not touching rivers all day and our tackling was terrible. Good call by Steve Tharp. We could not get pressure on Philip Rivers all day long by our defensive ends, at least our our uh, our defensive line. Yep, no sacks, no takeaways either. Yeah, how didn't the defense end up on our wall of shame? Andrew Naik writes, Wall of Fame, Gabe, Allen's head up to Knox, Allen's heads up to Knox, Hail Mary defense, and Allen. Josh said at the end he felt like he didn't do much, and he still had a good day. Wall of shame running into a wall three times in a row. <laughs> The defense let them score too quickly sometimes, and how is that not a fumble? Uh, the, the defense, like, there was one time where the the Colts basically ran the ball the whole drive, and they scored in two minutes <laughs> right after the Bills went up. I think it was when they went up 14 points. Two-minute drive to score another seven. That's great. Um, private Joker 2003, our favorite private, even though he's not a private in the military. I, at least we hope you're not a private. You'll have to you'll have to update us next week. Um, Wall of Fame would have been Josh, but the sack and fumble knocked him down a peg. I'll give it to Tremaine Edmonds. He was wreaking havoc everywhere, both in the run and pass. Good call. We haven't heard about Tremaine Edmonds yet today. Wall of Shame, the officials for not doing the right thing on the Pasco fumble. That was a sympathy ruling. The Violet Wanderers here, queer and used to it, writes in Wall of Fame, Josh Allen. He kept his cool, didn't go into hero mode, and despite a couple of bad plays, continued to show the growth he's had all season. Wall of Shame, the referees for the awful call on the Pascal fumble. My Colts fan father-in-law even said it was a bad call. <laughs> you know it's bad when like the fans of the team are actually like, yeah, that was a bad call. Edgar Donnybrook writes, Wall of Fame, getting the monkey off the back, Tyler Bass exercising demons of Scott Norwood. <laughs> Gabe Davis with the beautiful toe taps. Wall of shame, Dable. I feel like he coached himself out of ho- head coaching jobs. The office meme you fools posted <laughs> and freaked me out. I did post an office meme on f- Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Check us out. Check it out there on all of those. And yeah. It's kind of how we were all feeling. Honorable mention for Wall of Fame, Frank Reich clearly coaching to help his beloved Bills. <laughs> Christopher Allegraph writes, Wall of Fame, Gabriel Davis, honorable mention to all of the drop passes by the Colts today. Yes, 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 yes. Wall of Shame, the defense, too many yards allowed. Let's go, Buffalo. Big R writes, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen showed today he's the MVP. He was the entire offense. Gabe the Ballerina Davis. Oh, we have another one. 
we have another nickname. People are just throwing out nicknames. Gabe the Ballerina Davis with those tiptoes. What do you guys think about that one? Ruling on that one? I kind of like that one better. It's definitely better than any of yours. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. But do you want a ballerina to be like the the nickname for a football player? I don't know. Lynn Swan was named Bambi. No. Would there be a spelling difference between ballerina and ballerina? I think it would just be a hyphen, right? Ballerina? Because I think ballerina is the same. Oh, maybe that's what he meant. The ballerina. Because there's two L's. And that's how you spell ball. Yeah. Okay. That's That must be what Big R meant. The ballerina. So John was... Much credit. <laughs> so John was ready to... To give him the ballerina, it would be spelled the same, right? Like B A L L E R I N A. Yeah, but like it's like I don't know if a football player would want to be called a ballerina, but a ballerina like sounds more masculine. Ballerina I, does, yeah. I like, I, yeah. I'm so, I'm oh. so I, I don't know what I was thinking. Lance Allworth was named nicknamed Bambi, not Lance Swan. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Next time, Sorry. get it right, John, for your '70s Steelers trivia. Okay. Um. Ball- Allworth played before then. <laughs> <laughs> you guys message me, and which one do you like? Do you like the sideline surgeon, the ballerina, Davis, the P- Mr. Perimeter? Let us know what you guys think. Um, obviously, Big R is going to like the ballerina. Um, he also writes, Diggs and Tyler Bass, 54-yard field goal in the cold was the difference. Wall of shame, the Bills D, and the refs for raising my blood pressure. <laughs> the Gettysburg play of the game, the Bass field goal from the parking lot. Yes. The, from the parking lot. Nice. Sean Lonigan writes in Wall of Fame Williams for picking up that ball. If not, we are looking at Houston all over again. That guy is going to be swinging his big dick around all around the Orchard Park titty bars this week. Just mask up. <laughs> I keep on forgetting how, uh, how much I love Sean Lonigan's tweets. Uh, Wall of Shame, Matt Milano. Love you, but keep it up and I'll see you at Geico break room for lunch. <laughs> Dude, Sean, you got the uh, keep it up, but I'll see you at the guy. <laughs> Sean, always, I love how he just pimps where he works all the time. Attractive nuisance writes, she says, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen, he basically won us the game on his own. Wall of Shame, the defense. I don't know what happened, but it's like they reverted to the beginning of the season. Yeah. Josh Rinkin writes, Wall of Fame, Daryl Williams with that game saving fumble recovery. Way to go, Daryl. <laughs> I love how he says that. Yeah. Good job, man. Uh, Wall of Shame, Brian Dable. 2019 Brian Dable has reared his ugly face in that game, in the game that mattered the most. He better get it together for the next game. It only gets harder from here. Let's go, Bills. I can't say I disagree with that. Nate Winchilla writes, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen, and the offensive line. Darrell Williams for recovering the fumble, Gabe Davis, and the Stephon Diggs. Wall of Shame, the defense, he writes in all caps, the run game and referees. I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm gonna go down to the bottom. I feel like these people don't get enough run. So um I feel like I'm gonna do a few of these from the bottom. Alex Hans Hans? Alex Hans? <laughs> Why do I think of uh Hans Gruber right then? Alex Hans writes, Wall of Fame, Alan Diggs, hashtag third and Cole. Thank you, Alex. Defense, and they had to step up. The defense when they had to step up, he writes. Wall of shame, Dable's running plays in the first half, the officials and the defense when they didn't have to step up. 
Brian Mangrum writes, Wall of Fame is Josh Allen, and Stefan Diggs, Wall of Shame is Dable's play calling. Charles Bright writes in, Gettysburg has to be the fourth down stop in the red zone that leads us to taking that led us to taking the lead into halftime. Playoff Bill, as you guys know, is Brother Bill. Uh, he writes in Bills by hashtag Bills by a billion. He writes Wall of Fame, Micah Hyde and Josh Allen. Wall of Shame, first half, Brian Dable. Bills Mafia writes, wow, they just the Bills Mafia writes in. That's nice. Wall of Fame, Josh, Poyer plus Hyde, Gabe Davis, Diggs, Beasley. Our O-line gave up one or two sacks the whole game, I believe. And then the Wall of Shame, basically he wrote the entire team, I believe. Bills Mafia. Well, Bills represents the entire fan base, Bills Mafia. Wall of Shame, our entire D-line. And honestly, Milano, even though I love him. <laughs> yeah, D-line had a poor game. So this is one, it's, I'm not, my Spanish is terrible, and I think this is Spanish. Aporoco de Bariche como mau caratismo. Now, I, I, I know I screwed that up, but he wrote it all in English. So he or she wrote Wall of Fame, Tyler Bass for not missing the game-winning field goal. Wall of Shame, the run defense. Hope they don't face Derrick Henry next week. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine Derrick Henry after what Jonathan Taylor did to the Bills today? Josh Allen, Stan, Stan Counter writes, Wall of Fame, Diggs and Gabriel Davis. Wall of Shame, the Bills defense and refs for trying to screw the Bills over as much as possible. Per use, uh, Zach, Zach Vaughn writes, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Cole Beasley. Wall of Shame, the Bills D up to the last drive and the refs. Gettysburg play is the last drive in the first half. Turnover on... on Turnover on downs to the touchdown, 14-point swing, which we mentioned. Thank you for saying that. John Davis, former Bills offensive lineman John Davis is in. He writes, and I'm not joking when I say that, because some people write in John Davis. No, he has a check mark to prove it. John Davis, at John Davis underscore 65. He writes, the fans. Nice. Well, if, former Bills player giving the props to the fans. I can't disagree with that. Love it. And I'm going to like it right now as I'm as I'm looking at Twitter. Like. Um, Bill's Blitzkrieg writes in, Wall of Fame, all of us that survived that game. Wall of Shame, can't do it this week. Too happy. <laughs> it's awesome. And I'll do one more, one more, one more. This better be good. This better be good. Primetime Dylan writes, Wall of Fame, Bassomatic, nailing the biggest kick of his life from 54 yards out. Wall of shame, the refs making me sweat out the final minutes of the game. That was a clear fumble and an unbelievable play by Poyer. Absolutely. Guys, thank you guys for all writing in for that. The Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Um, thank you guys all for writing in for that. Um, we normally do our DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago uh, odds. For the next Bills game, but at the point where we're recording this, we don't know who the Bills are playing next week, so we can't really speculate into that. <clears throat> Want to give a quick shout-out, though, to um, a couple of our listeners, Ryan and Chelsea. They're our favorite listeners, actually, from the state of Hawaii, and they're the only ones that we know of at this moment. But uh, they sent us a cool care package. Um, that they This is the second time they've done it. They wrote a nice letter, a nice note. Um, they, they are listeners from geez since we first started buffalo rumblings maybe even before that so you're talking almost four years now and they sent us some cool like different macadamia nut things which you wouldn't believe it's very hard to find those here in new york state 
So they sent us that stuff. So want to uh, want to send out uh, an appreciated shout out to them. Completely unnecessarily, but utter utterly appreciated to both Ryan and Chelsea and their family for doing that. Um, uh, when when the uh, this time, unlike last time, where basically I ate everything in quarantine, <laughs> they said last year. I'm going to save some of this for you guys when I can actually see Mike and John in person and not worry about anything. I will uh, I will give you guys that. I will I will share this these items with you. Wait, when did they send the last one? For Christmas? No, it was like in March of last year, right before the pandemic really hit. Um, mm-hmm. So it was so good. It was like chocolate-covered macadamia nuts. They had like uh, uh, honey honey glazed macadamia nuts. Like, do you guys like uh, honey honey roasted peanuts? Huh. <laughs> it's like your favorite thing? Well, this was like 10 times better than that. <laughs> so imagine that. I'd be sitting down here working in my basement and be like, Oh, I'm just going to have like 10 of these. And then like, you know, it'd be like 25. Okay. Okay. I got to stop. I got to stop. It's a 25 later. So, um, want to do a shout out to them. So thank you guys all for listening to our first playoff win recap podcast that we've ever done in the history of circling the wagons. And it's so good to be doing that with you guys. Appreciate each and every one of you that is, Oh, we, and I, of course I can't forget the giveaways. Cannot forget the giveaways. We have three giveaways again this week for our listeners. Uh, a lot of you guys have been leaving us reviews. For some reason, I Apple Podcast wasn't showing anything past December 8th, and all of a sudden we realized we had like seven or eight of them. So thank you guys all for leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you're wondering, that's how you can be part of these giveaways that we do every single week on the podcast. This week, we have a Harrison Phillips signed jersey, a Tremaine Edmonds signed jersey, and some cool swag from our partners over at the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Now, luckily, they have like some polo shirts still available. If you want one of those, they're cool. Like, they're either Nike or Callaway. They're awesome. Um, and then they have some t shirts and swag there. So, um, appreciate them um, offering those prizes up to us. So, we have three winners this week. The first winner is Jay Gagger88. That's J-G-A-G-E-R-88. J-Gagger88 is the first winner. The second winner is at the Jeff 89 The Jeff 89 is the second winner. And the third winner is Joey G-N-Y. That's Joey G-N-Y. So the first person to get back to me gets their choice of uh, prizes. Again, that's the Harrison Phillips signed jersey, the Tremaine Edmonds signed jersey, and the DK swag from our friends over at the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. And so uh, the first one to get back to me gets their choice. And uh, if you guys want to message me over Twitter, over Facebook, Instagram, whatever is easiest, or email us, ctwpod at gmail.com, that's also a great place to do it. So thank you guys all for listening. So signing off for John. Nobody. Circles the wagons, the Buffalo Bills. So for Mike, what an awesome game. Enjoy it all week, and we'll see you back here next next time. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. And for me, Nate, go Bills. First playoff win in 25 years. We came, we saw, we conquered. We kicked its ass. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Let's go enjoy this Bills song by Dom Brown. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Hey, hey, who you repping? What's your team? 
Who you reppin', what's your team? You know I'm reppin' for my team I got that salad on my team Micah High Jordan Boya, can you catch it? Trade day is like a mask, you not catching anything Matt Milano making plays, we not scared of any team Best in the AFC, all the praise of Brandon Bean You hear Sean McDermott clapping while I'm snapping? Jerry Hughes will get the sack soon as you snap it Andre Roberts running back, ain't no just backing Mafia, we on a ride and we got traction We got BZ, we got digs with the stiff arm, treat opponents just like his Feliciano, Deion Dawkins, block defenders like the fence Hey, it's the mafia, I said no one on top of us I said no one is blocking us on top of our division So it's clear that it's no stopping us Google best team in the league and we popping up Hey, who you reppin', what's your team? Who you reppin', what's your team? You know I'm reppin' for my team I got a salad on my team it's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Uh. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Hey, it's the mafia, I said no one on top of us. I said no one is blocking us on top of our division, so it's clear that it's no stopping us. Google best team in the league, and we popping up. Home game for the playoffs, but you already snow. Gabe Davis is a rookie, but he playing like a pro. Uh. Going through a table, only time we ever fold. Can you? 17, by to take us to the bowl, ayy, uh, don't you run it, Oliver and Trey Edmonds gonna be on it, we got Corey but we barely ever punt it, cause we just running up the score on our opponent, we got Beasley, we got Diggs, Singletary, by the juke him out of shoes, make him miss, run it in, Zach also throw the digs, it's for sick, Terry Johnson pick six to the house, take a flick, ayy, it's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the it's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Hey. Hey. Who you reppin', what's your team? Hey. Hey. Who you reppin', what's your team? Hey. You know I'm reppin' for my team. Hey. I got that Allen on my team. It's that Diggs on my team. Super Bowl, what you mean? Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. So we'll see you in Buffalo in January. Be ready. It might be chilly. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.